Everybody, this is Tony Falcon. You are listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. That's the shoot, pally. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. What's up, guys? Live and call it Wolfie D again. We we just keep rolling, Jimmy. We just keep rolling. I know they say they're going to take us out, but we're here. <laughs> still, still standing. Yes. Oh man, um, dude. Uh, you know, as this airs, it will have you know been a little bit of old news, but I will have to talk about it, man. I. And then the whole wrestling world was shocked at uh, Jay Briscoe's crazy. There was circumstances and, and the kids and and you know, like I said, I, I never worked them, but I did meet them at the TNA show that uh, the pay per view and then the uh, the Ric Flair show. I believe I saw them there too. And um, yeah, only time I met them, but cool dudes, man, uh, both of them. But uh, that's sad, man. Life is short, man. You never know. You can leave yeah. the house. Not return. Yeah. yeah, well, anybody that listened to our top 10 tag teams, they know that they're one of my favorite top 10 tag teams. They're definitely one of my favorite current tag teams for sure. And, you know, I always, it was always my dream to see that mythical matchup of PG-13 and the Briscoes. And maybe now we'll just have to wait till the next one next go around you know but yeah. so sad man you know the doing a fatherly duty taking his girls to cheerleading practice yeah. chick swerves into his lane hits him head on he dies the girls are living now apparently the girls were in critical condition but as of right now it looks like they're doing some better as far as surgeries go but you know what's so sad and i was just thinking about this like so I've had a major surgery. You've had a major surgery. Yeah. Can you imagine waking up to the worst news of your life? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like literally the worst news ever. And yeah. they, the little girls lost their daddy. And I mean, you know, I don't know. You, you said something to me that day that kind of shook me to my core. Cause I said, man, it's, you know, you never promised tomorrow. He was like, dude, you're never promised the next minute. Oh, and I, uh, uh, I, 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 that has just stuck with me and it's like bounced around in my brain. And I've just thought, man, that's so true. Like I got to call some people, you know, like, you know, obviously I stay in touch with you, but I want to, you know, kind of reach out to more people, keep in touch with more people, you know, I don't know. you, if you don't, you or the listeners, my mom always told me this, man, I learned this from my mama. Yeah. If it's somebody, you know, a family member that you love, a spouse, a child, uh, even a good friend, man, you know, I, I hate it when uh, someone of that position, if I see it happen or if it happens to me, uh, always say, uh, I love you. You know, that might be right. a lot. You get to tell them that when you leave the house, give them a kiss, tell them you love them, you know, yeah. people that don't do that. It, I'm sorry. It's just like one of my pet peeves. It's like, God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. I hate to leave on a bad note too. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes yeah. you just got to get away and sometimes it's got to be bad. But even if my wife and I are arguing with one another, I, as she's, you know, let's just say she's going to work or running an errand or I'm doing that. I still want her to know that I love her. And, yeah. and it's just stuff like that, you know, and yeah. yeah, he is an example of that. And again, you know, the dude is 35 years old, healthy. He was a rock, you know, he but- definitely was, was was not someone that you would expect to be gone and like you said to me that day you were like man you can be gone in a minute and it's just it's i i just challenge everyone the listeners out there you know if there's somebody out there that you got a gripe with or something out there that you wish you could fix go ahead and take that first step because that may that person may not be there to take that first step and not only you know not only for your health, but it would probably be good for their health as well. Just, just, you know, squash it and go forward with it. But, you know, Jay, what a, what a great talent. I, I, I'd still just know that sometime in the world, sometimes going to happen that PG 13 and the Briscoes are going to get to lock it up. I, like I said, maybe the next go around, whatever, but (laughs) so man, um, you know, rest in peace. I, I, I don't know how to end that part. I'm not yeah, I mean, it's, it's just. But we, yeah. we got forward and, and get to our, our main man. We don't want this to be a, a sad right. show. So we'll we'll get to somebody's going to make us laugh. It is always <laughs> laugh. Yes. Always. Uh, and, and he's one of those people that sometimes he ain't even trying to be funny, but he's hilarious. I know. I know. <laughs> well, go ahead and introduce who he is. You, you do it best. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's no big secret. We put the poster up every week. <laughs> Uh, it's it's my man Tony Falk from Paducah, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Yeah, man. Can't wait to do this. This is going to be a riot. I know. I know. He is just so. He's been everywhere. He's done everything. Yeah. To, you know, I say it every week. This guy's been everywhere. He's wrestled here, not a not a here. But Tony, man, he's got a story for everybody, and and a time and a date on it. I know, I know, and that's See, impressive we talk about, too. We talk about how Randy's Randy's like that, but I don't. Randy don't give dates and stuff. He can't remember it that good. You know, what sure, I'm saying? sure. He, he can have a general time for, but Tony knows where it was. Yeah, uh, what time of day and everything. Yeah, Tony is that, and then you know, I love that Tony always talks in promo. You know what I'm saying? And he, he's just he's just an old school dude, yeah. and you know, and God bless him. Just the spitting image when they talk to you. I know, I know. Finished from one of them, especially LT is pretty funny stuff. I can't imagine you working at you. I can because I saw it happen, yeah. but I can't imagine you at USWO. And let's say you're locking horns with Josephus and you guys are standing there taking a finish from, from LT and you're like, LT, <laughs> tell me when it ends. <laughs> yeah. No, but LT's great too, man. LT's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely l- love the Falk family, man. They're great people. And again, they're just living proof of that wrestling is a is a generational thing too. You know, uh-huh. it, it flows in their blood. So yeah, it's so it's so cool to know that those people. And it's so cool that I finally tracked Tony down. I had him on the phone, and then I three way called you, and yeah. I said, I, said I, was, I was in Walgreens. You were in Walgreens, and I was like, Wolfie D. I said, we got this. I think it's going to happen. And you were like, all right, Tony, what's up? <laughs> it was awesome. You know, 
You'll never guess who I've got on the phone right now. I swear, <laughs> I'm not just saying this, but I immediately knew in my head it was Tony. I just knew it. I don't yeah. feel like we would have done that with anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a great point. Well, I, t- I tell you what, let me shut up. I think let's get him on the show here. What do you say? Was, was All right. We'll be right back after these messages with the one and only Tony Fogg. Hey, folks, to get your official Live and in Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Uh, live in the color of Wolfie D. And as I promised you, man, what a great great guest we have this is kind of like one of those uh i finally got jamie on here uh you know it's like a person that is so uh enrooted in my heart and in my soul of the wrestling business and to help me out early on met me early on knows airwolf you know he's one of the guys that'll say that to you but he's also jimmy yeah you can give your opinion on this there's there's about I think two people, two people in the wrestling business while I was in it. I don't know what it is now, but there's two people that are like the most impersonated. Everybody can do a Tommy Rich. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know how I want me to? You know everybody can do a Tony Falk. Yeah, Tony Falk. And Falk. I just think that that's I mean, what an impression that makes on on everybody that's around you and what he has done in his wrestling life as well as his personal life and just being that guy that I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about my next guest. Tony Falk, I love you. Thank you for coming on. Well, brother, it's my pleasure. I'm glad we finally got everything right. And I, here I am, Wolfie D. It's good to be here, and I'm looking forward to this a lot, brother. Man, thank you so much, Tony. I know you're busy. You do your thing, man. Um, I mean, what are, you, what are you doing right now? Last time me and you talked was, hell, I think I seen you at the TNA pay-per-view and then uh, the, were you at the Ric Flair gimmick too? I think I saw you there. Yeah, yeah, I was down there, but I don't know if I bumped into you. But yeah. I know it was up in Portland, Tennessee. At the was it the Strawberry yeah. Festival? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. There was days and weeks where I never didn't see you, man. Me and you. I mean, I'm trying to think, Tony. Man, we met. Did we meet like in Shelbyville and stuff before I ever started working for the Jarretts? I, I'm sure uh, up there in Shelbyville, Tennessee, at the old Stadium Cap. What history that that venue of all the big names that would hang yeah. out there and come in. People wouldn't believe me. If, yeah, but but I think that's where it was. Maybe was you doing a hood gimmick or? I, well, I, you I mean, that's what I'm saying though. Is you always say to me, you go, "Hey, Airwolf." So you had to have met me before that. And that's what yeah. I can't remember. And I know, you know, but you're one of those guys, man, that I always remember Tony Falk could quote, you know, hey, 1985 at the at the Sportatorium in Dallas, Texas, <laughs> it, 
Every yes. Von Eric. And, yes, and, and I was there and I seen it happen. And and yeah, and my son LT, he was there too. And <laughs> we all saw it happen. And so that's what I remember so much about you and I love about you. You can you can remember everything. Are you still <laughs> to that place where we can man, no. I want to ask questions, Tony. Man, it's a shame, and and I have to admit it. The years has finally caught up with me, and and I just turned sixty three in August, and and my I realize it's just it comes with old age. I, I'm not as sharp as I used to be on those uh, dates. Like everybody tells me, Jeff Jarrett, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> Tony, yeah. But you go into detail, but no, brother, I'm a. I'm not like I used to be when it comes to that. I'm sorry. I, I know it's okay. Tony. It's okay. But I guarantee I can, I can ask you some questions and it'll probably ring your memory. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Cause this yeah. is, this is the funny thing. And I've told my past few guests this, like, I don't have nothing written down, Tony. I don't have nothing written down in front of me. I just yeah. know you. And, and I, I call it in the ring is what me and Jimmy say. Jimmy's right. got a bunch of shit wrote down that he's going <laughs> to ask you, but I'm just going to call it in the ring. You damn okay, right. He's got some bullets. So, right. He's like, oh, Wolfie's skipping around on this, that, and that. No, <laughs> fuck that. I call it in the ring. Anyway, this is where we're going right now. This is where we're going right now. Tony Falk. You've yeah. been in the ring. You, you worked the Texas territory. You worked Memphis. Probably, would you say those are your two uh, like best places you worked and got to do your best shit? I, I, I would think yes. If it's different, tell me because the follow up question is both rough territories. Who's that son of a bitch you've been in the ring with and you were like, can this get over quick enough because I'm tired of getting my ass kicked? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, the Texas out there, yeah, you know, it also happened when I was young in the business one time and, uh, I was in Florida. I just got to Tampa, Florida down there in 85. And, 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 and they changed my name to Tony wonder. And this, uh, Tiger Conway jr. He didn't know who I was. I was just a young underneath heel, but I got out there in the match and I started trying to call some spots and he would just (laughs) do them. But, but then he would start shooting on me, you know, like tying me up and, and just the whole match. And I, I remember looking at Fonzie was the referee, See, and he didn't know who, and uh, I couldn't wait for this thing to get over with. It was Tiger Conway Jr. But later, after after they told him who I was, and that he knew I was, you know, been around. From there on, he treated me. We had other matches, and it was cool. But that one match, man, I could yeah. wait for it. He was tying me up every kind of way, and I I was never had no amateur wrestling background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What made Tony? I I know I probably know this answer just from the miles you rode together, but what made you want to get into the wrestling business? And I love this question right now because I know I ask it to a lot of people, and listeners are going, "He always asks this." Don't but it's always shit. so different. The answer is always but, but so different. It it, yeah. it is, but I know Tony hasn't been one to go out there and do a lot of these interviews, and so I feel like, oh no, he's going to say right now is exclusive you know what i mean yeah yeah i don't think it's uh people's ever heard this we all have our stories to tell yeah. but mine is a little different you know from there in paducah kentucky and i'm sure most people know that's the shoot pally that's where tony fox really from <laughs> yeah right there tony, that's the thing again the 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 impersonation starts out with tony fox from paducah kentucky paducah, kentucky <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had so many like Raven and 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 so many that's you know blessed 
you know, they, they've done left us, you know, like yeah, Brian yeah. and Eddie Gill, so many people, but they did some mighty good ones. But no, getting back to the, what you asked me, the question, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a different story now. I mean, but in Paducah, Kentucky, where I grew up there in the projects and my mother was doing her and my dad divorced and I didn't really have a father figure, but we lived there in the projects, but they had wrestling every Wednesday night down in Paducah, and uh, I would go with some friends that I went to school with, Junior Gage, and his grandmother would take us and uh, and just watch. But then they had to sell out the arena, so over by the projects, they had a baseball stadium. So they said, well, we're going to run this stadium so we can get a lot more people in there. So I went over there before they got there with the ring, and it was Ricky Morton's dad, Paul Morton. So Paul I got Morton. to help set the ring up. And there in Paducah, and they would let us in free. I was like 12 years old putting and started putting the ring up. And then they had a TV channel 29 there in Paducah on Saturday. So I would go down and help. So I started putting rings up when I was 12 and 13. And uh, I did backyard wrestling. You know, <laughs> everybody talk about Mick Foley jumping off the house. But backyard yeah. wrestling has been around as long. You know, there we was in the projects making uh, rings, you know, out of <laughs> carpets and garden hose, all that stuff. But I, yeah. I got into that and then saw Weindrup, uh, I met him after I got older there in Paducah, you know, he was the booking and I got it. Bobo Kelly was this guy that we did backyard wrestling, but he was, a, he did gymnastics in high school. So he, he could do, we could do all the moves there. And he was like a Ray Mysterio. He's real short, but he could move. And back then, yeah. you know, you didn't see a lot of that, but Saul gave us a chance. And I was a young guy. Now my story, I, I had my first match when I was 14 years old under a yeah. earlier than me. And I, you know, I think we probably talked about that. I mean, you know, Joe, Joe got me in the ring and started training me with Pete and all that, uh, in 89 i was 15 right about to turn 16 and then uh started getting in the ring and another thing that just sparked my mind when you were talking weingroff uh george you know we've talked about him on here and i've said how much of an influence he was on me so his dad was an influence on you where was george at the time that you're talking about where saw he was in he was in college and then he become a school teacher actually i talked to him just last week i still talk to George Weinroff, you know, uh, probably a few times a month, but, yeah. uh, but he was in, he came down and I remember seeing him, he, he did some TV, but, uh, then he went on into, uh, you know, teaching after college and, and, but I did hook up with them in the ICW days and in, in the early eighties when they started running Paducah, he was involved with Savage and, and the Paul yeah. Bowles and the company. And it got me, yeah. to, it was Randy. who got me to become a full-time wrestler. And he said, brother, if you're going to do this, you got to do it full time. So I was <laughs> a weekend warrior. I had my, my job yeah. there. And then I, 1982, I quit my job and moved to Lexington, Kentucky. And now was that, was that because, was that because what Randy said? I mean, I mean, well, you know, I've been wanting to do it. I had been wanting to leave, but I just, uh, I was around 20, 21 and it was in 82, but I, I, I just, you know, moving off my first territory, but luckily it was in Lexington, Kentucky and I was from Paducah. So a couple hundred miles, but it was, a, it was an adventure to finally, I, I like working on the weekends, you know, cause I still mm -hmm. could get in the ring, but, but to do it full time and what I wanted to do. And it was his encouraging and Finally, I built up the nerve to quit my job. I'd been working at the concrete company for about four or five years, and I quit and moved to Lexington, and the rest is history. Who do you, what a, who what do a you life. Who do you think, though, like, 
once you really started getting going, because, uh, I mean, obviously you were shit uh, a few years younger than me starting. And then so I have people that I could say, like, Joe broke me in, you know, show me this or that. And then I started working with, honestly, like Weingroff and stuff. And he kind of was putting it together for me, you know, hands on. And then I always give credit to Danny Davis uh, to teach me how to work once I got to Memphis. And then I say like Tommy and Doug taught me how to draw, draw money, rock and roll did this, whatever. Who did that for you? Like you learned the moves, you got going, right. sat, says do this full time, but who taught you? Cause you taught me, man, you taught me a lot. So, and you taught many other guys a lot. So who gave you that extra off? Cause you know how it is. You can take them uh, to oh, yeah. do flips but you can't teach them when to do them and why to do them. So who, who got you there? Well, early on, it was a, a local guy, but he, his name was Dr. Jerry Watson. He had, uh, you know, broke in there before sawing him come, but even after they left, he had worked Malden, Missouri for Henry Rogers in them towns, but he helped me a lot. He would come in the ring, but also, uh, Dan Burdick, he, he had come down from Minnesota to Paducah, but he would go, to Texas and work for uh, Defunks and come back and go to Kansas City and work for Geigel, but they would help me. And uh, another one was Rocky Brewer, but mm. I didn't. You know, you you think you know the the moves, and the holds, and right. Uh, but a, as you develop, as you go to the Puffles, but it was up there, man, with the crew that we had, like mm-hmm. Bob Roop and and Bob Orton Jr. and yeah. Ronnie Garvin and yeah. and, uh, and and Hustler Rip Rogers, believe it or not, Pistol Pit. I just, uh, yeah. a lot of those guys really, I would try to ask a lot of questions, but George Weinroth back then, even we would get in the ring when we could, he helped me, you know, he was a stockholder and him and Lanny was doing a tag team up there in the ICW. And, uh, so over the years, you know, it's been many people, but I just tried to, and that's when I met Bobby Fulton, when he come up there to in the Paufos, he seen where I was putting the ring up and I would help Randy would give me some finishes to take to, and when he couldn't, and I was giving out finishes and, and running the camera and Bobby yeah. got me away from there. He, uh, Luke Williams was booking in San Antonio on 84 and he asked Bobby to come on down. He said, well, do you need anybody else? I got an underneath guy. And they say, yeah, bring him." And man, I got away from there and, and went to San Antonio, Texas. Maybe yeah. I'm getting ahead of myself, but, but, no, but Bobby no. Fulton, what what a what a what a nice man Joe Blanchard was, and for me to leave Kentucky, you know, because I was still in Kentucky, even though Lexington, we ran West Virginia, yeah, Virginia, yeah. you know, Illinois, but but to go You're all still, the way to Texas, uh, yeah. yeah, what a yeah. what a trip that was. <laughs> I was that's the funny thing, man. In my younger years, I was never scared to go like. Just move, just wherever I got to go, whatever. I ended up, most of my time was in uh, Nashville, but there was times where I lived in Kentucky and I've been down to Tampa. And it's like, I don't know, as I've gotten older, I'm like, I don't want to go nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I can identify with that. Yes, absolutely. As we All right. you get settled in, you get settled in. And yeah, we were yeah. crazy back. Man, me and you, man, I can remember some some stuff that we will not talk about. But man, me and you, <laughs> that's man. right, Kay. <laughs> Kay fucking say, <laughs> Amen. Uh, oh, yeah. Jimmy, I, I need you to get on this conversation. Honestly, I have a permanent 
smile on my face right now. That's Y'all awesome. talking about the history, Tony Falk being on our show, Wolfie D, we were 80 shows into this podcast, and who is one of them, other than Jamie Dundee, other than Randy Hales, who is one of them that we've always wanted? It's Tony it's Falk. Right? always been Tony Falk from Paducah, Kentucky. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, I'm, so you know, what's funny is you were talking about it a little bit, and you were talking about ICW there and the Poffos, and I read online that you were working against a guy called the Miser. Now, obviously, anybody who knows their stuff knows who that is, but talk a little bit about the Miser. Man, I, I worked him a few hundred times. I, know. <laughs> I, I don't know. It was, well, he was, you know, it, and he helped me. Angelo Poffo, just think. Yeah. The, the macho man's father. I'm, right. I, I tell you, them two, Randy just idolized. I, I, I mean, he loved his father, man. We made many road trips, many, many road. But, uh, and Angelo would still do those push-ups and those setups. I mean, this man ha- held a world record uh, in the, uh, doing consecutive setups. 6,033, he had broke a world. Mm-hmm. Angelo Puffle, but he was wearing the hood as the miser. In, in <laughs> which is such a company which everybody knows that randy was kind of cheap or he was tight let's just call him tight well, he, it was in cheap. his dna then he got it right. from his dad but <laughs> angelo believe me angelo he i wish i'd listened to him a lot more and I, a lot of wrestlers i bumped into over the workers have said man we wish we tony were. tony time yeah. out i if you've i promise you have listened to someone on being tight because I've worked for you. So I know. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Well, continue I had on, to do- Tony. Continue on. All right. Well, I had to get tight back <laughs> trying to survive. But no, in yeah. the in the early days, what he was saying, it's not how much you make, but how much you save. Just, he had it, you know, and, and Angelo did exactly that. And 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 he taught his sons. I remember Lanny was you know, had bought his, they had stocks and, and certificates, bonds. And he was like 27. He done bought them a hundred thousand dollar CD or something back then. This is when I worked with him up there, but they would get the, the newspaper out and check the, the, you know, how their stocks were doing, even when we've made them road trips, but the miser, he, he was in shape. You know what I mean? And at his age, but he yeah. would wear that hood, and and I'd hate when people in his, those chops. He was a chopper, <laughs> believe you me. And, and 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 when you get a certain age, you know, gravity takes hold. You, your body it just starts <laughs> sagging a little bit. And if they seen, they would holler, "Oh, look at that old man!" And right. man, I, the minute I, you know, people on the front of around ringside. I know, man, he would get fired up and who you, and next thing, who you call it? No, he would throw me out there on the floor and he'd come out of that ring and pick me up and just light me up with those chops. Oh, man. <laughs> showing, showing those uh, spectators. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, hey but, speaking of chops, I think we mentioned this before, uh, before on here, me and Jimmy did. Who do you think, because I've had a few people that are that can light it up, man. Who, who chopped you the hardest, you think? Okay, I've been in the ring with, and, and I always say, and these are these are two, three, three of the toughest uh, men. We, you know, in the wrestling business, there's a lot of tough individuals. Believe me, yeah. but I'm talking about the one up there in the Poffos 
was yeah. Ronnie Garvin. Garvin oh, yeah. and Flair. Oh, I had babyface matches with him many, and he would chop. And George, same thing, George Wander. We still talk about that. How Garvin would love to light us up with his damn chops. And then yeah. when I come here, you know, Gypsy Joe, oh, the hardest <laughs> head. And same thing with the headbutts, Garvin and Joe. But there yeah. was another one, and he liked working me. This other one who. I knew, man, he stretched a lot of people, but in Louisiana there, he, 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 I guess I knew his brother from San Antonio, Brett Sawyer. So I'm talking about Buzz Sawyer, Mad Dog Buzz. He had some damn good, he had some good chops, but he never really hurt me. He just would, you know, light me up with those chops. But we had some matches all around the loop down there in Mid-South and the man never once hurt me. Um, yeah, and, and that's another one. I think he was like 33 when he passed away. Buzz Sawyer, but what a worker! Yeah. What a worker! Yeah, oh yeah, what a worker! Him and Tommy, man, Matt, yeah, that, had, yeah. What what a history they had down in Georgia, right? Georgia Championship Wrestling on WCW. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Tony, because we kind of got into that. Have you ever? I mean, I don't know if you told me this before, but like, tell me, like something that went down like i've i've been in a couple of shoots and i've been in a couple of like damn near riots and shit and you probably know some of the ones i'm talking about but remember eron and me got into it and then because because yeah. jeff them gassed them up or whatever but what's one for you like back in the day i think i was at you, that show yeah yeah i think yeah, you I were think. too that's why <laughs> I, just, I think i was yeah, and you were probably there when Bill tried to stab me, and you know I missed what, that one. I missed that mm, one. I he believe. said I missed it. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad he didn't succeed. Yeah, I'm glad. He, yeah. <laughs> anyway, my question was: in the ring, shoots. Anybody tried to shoot on you? Have you been in a, a riot type situation? Any kind of crazy shit like that? Oh no, other than that thing that that's more or less like you know the the, the Tiger Conway. Uh, that I was telling you, I've been real lucky, you know, it's been, yeah. it's been so good, but except, except that he, you know, he would just shoot and he wouldn't work. He would, after he would do, I was there to make him look, take the bumps, get the match over, but right. no, I've been real lucky, but I, I remember one night we was in Jacksonville, Florida while I was in Florida again. And, and I was watching from the curtain and it was Herc Hernandez. All right. Yeah. yeah. The old Hercules. Yeah. And I think it was uh, Jesse Barr versus uh, Billy Jack and uh, Wahoo. And yeah. something happened in there that Wahoo hurt when it sell, and them two kind of got to shooting in the ring. And they, you know, yeah. you can tell when they're shooting and not selling. Right. And it was Hercules Hernandez and Billy Jack. Oh, man. It wasn't a watch. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's, Wahoo. Yeah. My bad. I bet. That whole name, yeah, I like to see them all. Yeah. So, okay, here's a couple. You're leading me in a perfect direction, Wolfie D. This is kind of where I was wanting to go with this. So there's two of them that are kind of legendary that we've heard about. One of them kind of straightened out a young kid. The other one was two veterans just whooping on each other. The first one I want to hear about is Coco Beware and Steve Kern. Were you there for that one? No, and I've just listened. I've listened here in the last six months on the podcast from a couple different people about yeah. that right there. It happened in Nashville at the Babyface locker room, right? At that little small in Nashville. Was, yeah. And they, and now, okay, now, okay, now that's one. Let's go back. Coco. Yeah. When he started, he's from Union City, and he started, we knew each other when we was like 16 years old. We're about to, right at the same age of 15. Well, he was driving, so 
So we worked each other up there in Paducah and in Union City, Tennessee, a Frazier. He was with, remember, uh, Uncle Almer, Plowboy right. Frazier? Plowboy, yeah. Well, he, he, yeah, he ran Union City and he helped Coco, I guess, uh, get into business some too. I knew him from Malden. I, I knew Coco from Malden, Missouri. But but anyway, we go way back there. And uh, and once again, like I said, Bobo Kelly was not too tall, neither is Coco. But man, he sure know how to fight. And the yeah. way that the story goes out there, and I wasn't there that night, but they said he he put it on Kern. That wasn't the outcome that Kern was thinking he was going to have. <laughs> we love both guys, by the way. The, we love right, both right, guys. great, both guys, exactly. Yeah. Just. It's so that had to happen. now there's another one that I'm. I think you probably were there or probably were around. It was the Dick Slater and Sting. I was already in Tennessee. Now see, that's getting okay. back. I worked him. He come in to take the book over, and that's right. another one that was so nice. I worked him all around. He had Dark Journey with him, and I worked uh, worked him all around. He was a pleasure uh, all around the loop. You know when he first come in. Because uh, he was taking over the book down there, but that happened after I left. Because Sting, but I'm, I missed that one. And you hear so much about that; they talk about that one too. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Don't really know what happened. Right, Maybe it was. Well, we can get take a different path then. <laughs> yeah, the I wish truth. I could shed, shed, you know, shed some light on it. But I. Oh, uh, it's no it. problem. No problem. But let's get to the truth on this, because I know you know the deal. Yeah. So you were there for the Iran thing. Tell me the truth. It was, I swear, man, because this was a show where it was a spot show on what? It was a spot show up in Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. And I just felt like, because like me and Eron were cool and shit, but it was kind of like a, like he wrestled in high school. So did I. Oh, you can't take me down. Yes, I can. Blah, blah, blah type of thing. And it was when the dressing rooms were still, it was a show where they weren't connected. And yeah, I feel like I feel that. like totally that uh, Jeff and Frank gassed him up to go shoot with me. That's what I feel like. What do you know about the situation? <laughs> uh, once again, now come on, now I, I'm telling you, this is shoot, Pally. I don't really. I, I mean, it sounds like Frank might have had something, or maybe Jeff and Frank, but I, I don't know. I really don't. Because remember, I'm they were doing. But I remember, I remember that town almost. Okay, I'm trying to think. Was it Livermore, Kentucky? Or Man, I have around? no idea what the town was. The only thing I remember was being in the ring, and I knew he was he was ready to to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we didn't. Was, it wasn't like a punching thing. It was just like no it, something. I can't remember whether probably Frank got in the ring as the ref and said he yeah. said you can't take him down. And then okay. tells him the same thing. And that's what it got into was us just trying to take each other down. There was no spots. There was no headlocks, lockups, nothing. It was just shoot wrestling right then. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> right there. And, and, and he couldn't get me down and he got frustrated. And then I, Jamie was on the outside, uh, you know, when we would work for those little spot shows at that yeah. time, we'd come to Second the ring with each other, whatever. So, yeah. I, I roll Eron over to the side of the uh, ropes as we're doing this grappling thing. I just roll him over and kind of dump him out of the ring. Well, then Jamie <laughs> does something, and it, then it turned kind of into a shoot. And then the next thing I remember was Eron grabbed a chair, and he shoot threw it at me. Man. And then charged me as he threw it. It's like he threw it for like for a distraction, right? So I got to catch yeah, it. Yeah. But then he's charging me low, right? 
boom, wow. go back on the uh, on the bleachers. Well, then here comes Jamie with the hubcap and not doing a working hubcap with like wow. you know flattened on the head. He's using the side of it in dude's ribs. <laughs> man, that's how you get a broke rib. Wow. Yeah, and I think there was a punch thrown after that, but then Iran calmed down after that. What he knew, I mean, there was two of us out there, and we weren't going to uh, let each other. He couldn't take me down, and it frustrated him. So then he wanted to fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was somebody had to gas him up, but the fans didn't know either. The people that paid their money to buy a ticket to see a good show. They probably wonder what the hell is going on here. Maybe, maybe <laughs> when you got, so. maybe when you got out of the ring and did a little, you know, what the, you, you know, with the cap, a little brawling, they might've, but yeah. Yeah. yeah might've bought them back there. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were over there and might've known who was, yeah. who gassed uh, that up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you might be right. I, I can't say for sure. But somebody, you know, Frank OHW Morrell was around. Yeah, something. You know how many times he he ribbed me, man. Uh, I mean, you were even talking about that uh, the other day when we called to set this up. <laughs> he called me Whoopi, and then Whoopi. do you remember Tony? That I swear this was him and Jeff when I first started. They would uh, make up different names on the card because usually me and Jamie would do a, a a tag, like I said, and then some singles. But it would be. Wooly B or <laughs> Whoopie D or it would they just each week it was some similar sounding name to Wolfie D but it was <laughs> really? Wolfie D and I swear it was um, then man I swear it was that was that was probably a rib yeah you know how those old timer those old but I, I mean that's yeah. cool that's cool I love that 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 yeah. broke me in like these guys today they're not getting broken the right way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They don't know the bit what it what the business used to be. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, working territories and traveling and and you know and 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 just it's it's a whole different whole different thing. The internet killed it, Tony. Yeah. Yes. yes kind of yes. done that. We had, we got to we got to be part of it, and that's what I tell people. I'm just so happy and so blessed that uh, I thank all the fans when they come up to me and say, "Tony, thank you for the memories." And I said, "Well, I yeah. hope I did my job." I said, "Y'all are the best fans in the world, right? Professional wrestling fans." And I got to live my dream many times more. You know, I used to dream about it there in Paducah, and I got to do it early, but to go uh, places. I mean, I go back there sometime and I see people that never left that I went to school with and they had the jobs and raised the family, but I right. did get to go out and see, like I wrestled in the Superdome Thanksgiving night, 1984. I tell everybody, yeah, man, but- I could not believe it. I wrestled Buddy Landell. I still got the program was when Watts was running those shows and, and, and I was like the second match, but I can say I wrestled in a big, large Superdome. It's crazy. It's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's the way I feel. I mean, there's a there's a few places and a few things that I can say. You know what? I did that, man. I did that, and I love I love that you feel the same way. You, Wolfie D, uh, an example of all the people that I say it takes a village to raise a child. But I, I can look back and say I'm so proud when I see your body of work that you've done in the business, and know that I knew you up there at the stadium cab and watch you grow and continue to grow, and all the things you did and accomplish in the business. I take pride in knowing that I, even if I helped you just a little bit, or just seeing that that you did so much you know what i mean and i know your mom and, and you, your your family was stepdad everybody was proud of you but 
And mm. and not everybody can do this. Some people are just natural. Mm. And Jimmy, Jimmy, remember when I talked to you the other day? Yes, and sir. I told you about some of my last best matches? Yeah. I think I named maybe three guys that I can remember when I could still. Wasn't Wolfie D one of them? Absolutely. He probably was Down the in first. Col- Columbia, yeah. Tennessee. Yep. Yeah. But Wolfie, yeah. I'm proud of you too, brother. I'm glad I finally got to come on here. And I don't well, know if I ever told you. But you accomplished quite a bit. Yeah, you did a uh, did a lot in the wrestling. You're business. you're you're hitting me all in the heart right now, Tony. Uh, wow. And <laughs> you survived it too. Now you you a survivor too. So <laughs> oh, that's another God. thing. Speaking of my heart, yeah. <laughs> you still you still here, buddy? Me and you listen, both. So listen, man, you you have I've got uh, cold chills right now. Thank you so much, Tony. That you don't understand how much that means. You don't understand oh, how well. much. Yeah. Well, that's a shoot, Pelly. I, I, I know you, uh, you know, you love the business. It's like I did as a youngster and you want to got in it and, and, and you got to do so much and you accomplished, but it's still the, you know, business. We go around like last, the other night I was at that show and Jeff Jarrett and Doug Gilbert and George Goulas was up there. And I'm thinking, man, of all the history in Tennessee with the Goulases and the Jarrett's and all there, I'm in a 2023 in a building. With those guys, you know. Absolutely. Hey, yeah. think about this real quick, man. Let me ask you, uh, because we're just on, uh, and 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 because you hit me in the heart, and I'm gonna say what the fuck I want right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What is your like? Okay, I I got to be at WrestleMania with the Nation Domination. Didn't get to wrestle in it or whatever. Took some bumps in it or whatever at the Rosemont horizon in Chicago. That Thanks. that should be to a lot of people. They're like, Oh, is that your best, you know, memory or whatever? But for me, no, it's not. It's, it's being at TV five. And then also for me, uh, it's being, uh, main event at the Nashville fairgrounds. Cause that's where I grew up. And Absolutely. I, have certain, I have a certain memory of a certain match and I've talked about it on here of it was a cage match or something and it was packed. And, uh, when I stood up on the top of the cage, the whole crowd, you know how that venue is. It's, they're all around you. And all and, around that building was built for wrestling. Yeah. That yeah. And, and so when you stand up on top of a cage, it's like the people up upstairs are standing up the level that you are and stuff. And it was the biggest rush ever. And I dove off and I went through a table or something with Tracy, uh, rest of soul. But anyway, my point was, man, what is the, what venue gives you that love? Do you think what, what meant the most to you? Well, it's, it's, you know, it goes back to, we grew up in, in Tennessee wrestling, you know, when I was a kid and, 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 and it's funny, a guy that I had his first match jeff jarrett years later in memphis at the mid-south coliseum he gave me one of my best matches ever uh and brian was in my corner because it was uh uh where he'd done jeff had done beat me in a hair versus hair match so they shaved my head so we had this guy that we had to play the role as my father and his hair was going to be on the line so if jeff won we shaved tony fox's father's hair but if we won we shaved Jeff's hair. What and would this Brian be about? Out there, we had we had Brian Christopher, and that was at the Coliseum. Brian Christopher was in my corner. So in reality, Buddy Wayne bragged it for years. In reality, people would know that Jeff Jarrett, no way, was going to lose his hair to Tony Falk, right? 
Right, right, right. But, exactly. But part of suspended disbelief where the fans got so how we had Brian in the corner and they thought maybe they're going to screw him. Maybe they're going, but, but that match and Jeff had me going and kept, come on, come on, Tony. A couple of times we had to grab a rest hole cause I blowed up a little, and he said, then we get my <laughs> win back. But he gave me one of my best matches ever at that mid South Coliseum. You know, I didn't get the opportunity you know, I'm happy with what I I I I was able to do and and help build people up. You know, a carpenter, uh, people. You know, yeah. knows yeah. the role. I wish I would have went to the gym more, and that's what Jeff and many people say. Tony, you you was your own worst enemy. If you had worked out and looked more, Shawn Michaels wrote about it in his book right over here. I got the book. He says that Tony was, <laughs> you know, but but that's going back. But that, but you that, know, hey, so let me I tell have you this. I have. I was going to say this earlier. The the one person that has ever preached to me, and I'll never forget the lines that you always said to me, <laughs> and not you were saying it uh, like to help me, not because like you thought I was overweight. Obviously, back then I was skinny, but you would be like, "Wolfie D, uh, tan fat looks better than white fat." <laughs> that, that, that's what Jeff. That's what Jeff was saying the other day, Tony. You know, because Frank had said that. But getting back to the muscle, yeah, you, know, you know, the, the look like an athlete. That's yeah. what Sean was saying, and I wished I could have uh, could have done it, but 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 I didn't do it, and and but you know, but. I know that I helped those guys and I, I could yeah, make them man. look better than they but could make themselves. Me, if they was honey, green, you help me. If they were green and I could help them. So from you know, now now you, Wolfie D, Jamie, you know, second generation, but and you and him here in Tennessee and, and wherever, but you, you got with the booking and, and with y'all's ability to get over and with the gimmick and all, y'all drew money and and I was not in a position where I can say, y'all, I mean, y'all sold that fairgrounds. I remember y'all worked Doug and Tommy and different people, yeah. so you have memories, but my memories, you know, I was in some of them people that were told he wasn't in no main events. Well, I was in a handful like one time in Memphis and <laughs> it didn't draw too good, but it was me, Dundee, and Landell Versus Lawler when they turned Joe LaDuke babyface, a young Jeff Jarrett, a very young, only a month in the business. They had Jeff and Lawler and Joe LaDuke versus us at the Mid-South Coliseum. I guess we mm. did it all. And a few other times, I got the programs, the souvenirs, you know, the, the inserts, the show. Yeah, I was in a couple main events but, out there. But Let me ask you this, though. Hold on, hold on. And I hate hate to hear you say that, man, because that is almost like you're like downplaying yourself or something. Oh no, no, I'm just, uh, no, no, no. Listen, uh, as far as main events, or whatever. I mean, whatever. I swear to God, no matter how many main events, you know, that me and Jamie did or whatever, I feel like there's a lot more people uh, that know your name than know mine, and I, I mean oh. that bottom of my heart. Uh, well, yeah. You can't tell me that boy Tony and stuff didn't have uh, uh, matches that were remembered. Oh, yeah. Well, been or not, but everybody remembers you doing that gimmick, too. Yeah. They come up to me. They still, yeah. At, yeah, last year in Miss, well, the year before down at the Memphis Hall of Fame when I was there, the people, once again, and, and that character, the boy Tony, and that was Jerry Jarrett. I come up with, you know, call me when I had got gone from here for, I guess the Booker switch and I got cut. So I was in Paducah and he called me up and said, Tony Falk, where have you been? You want to come back and work? And I said, yes, sir. Well, how does this sound? Boy, Tony. And I said, what? <laughs> he said, you know, boy, George. So oh, he, oh. Said, he said, 
he said, call and order you some pink tags. He gave me the, uh, and I called old, remember calling Hildegard, K&H it was. K&H, you know, man. Yeah. And I, yeah, you heard that. Nobody <laughs> even knows who K&H is. Yeah, but the they no. made the tags. I, rem- I never forget Pete when I was, uh, shit, probably 15, right before I started getting the business. Got a K&H catalog, man. Yep. Coolest motherfucker in the world. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. I was uh, I was young too in Paducah, man, and had some samples of all that uh, from the wrestling office in Paducah when I was like fourteen. Or, and uh, they sent them a bunch of that shiny, you know, them green capes and jackets, and I had yeah. all that. But then I this is a shoot now. In '85, yeah. I gave a catalog to uh, a guy who was training, but then he would once he started working, he became the name of Lex Luger. But wow. I gave him the catalog. Like to order his first pair of trucks, trunks, really? and he couldn't even get them past it his, was a, his it was thighs. A white catalog, wasn't it, Tony? A little black. And yeah, white it was just uh-huh. black and white, black and white cop. But it was just, but he he had a narrow waist. See, Luger was pumped up even from the football, you know, yeah. the pro. And then he come in to get trained, Matt Suda, and we trained him. I was there on Mondays and Fridays helping him when he first first time he ever got in the ring there in Tampa, Florida. I was there. I tell yeah. and I seen him. I seen him in September, and at the Starcade, I seen him with and George Weiner. I said, "Come here, George." And Luger, I said, "Tell him." And Lex, and he smiled. He said, "Yeah, Tony helped me. Tony was the first one." And because Matt Suda would just sit there and watch and can guide from coach from the side, you know. But yeah. but he was a big dude, man. Luger was big. Like I said, even when he got started in Florida, but they. But he went on to make big money in the business, and people still yeah, talk good. about him. Good. I was there at the beginning, so before, uh, so there's another name I can put out there, that, and they yeah. know who I am when I come up. They smile and give me a handshake or a hug. So I'm happy that I got to do what I did and had so much fun, you know. And I'm and I'm, I'm a survivor. I'm still here. Tony, Absolutely. you're the best, man. I'm <laughs> telling you. Straight up. Straight up. Straight up. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope ass sponsors and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're gonna wanna call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, bowiehomes.com. That's B-U-I-E homes.com. Or you can email him at benbowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. So, you know, you brought up Lex Luger. Were you there the night of the, the epic or not so epic, I know. really? The cage match. I, I, I knew where you was going. No, no. I think I was in Puerto Rico or something. I was some somewhere, but it took years later. I just, in the last maybe Three years ago, I I watched it on a, on a DVD somewhere. Um, yeah, I was, but no, I wasn't there. And he was real green. He didn't yeah. he didn't know what to do, I guess. And I've seen some, some questions, you know. I guess I guess I've seen some. Yeah, he just didn't know what was happening. And Fonzie, 
What yeah. a referee he was, Bill Armstrong. Oh, for sure. The Brody cage match, right? Yeah, the Brody yeah. cage yeah. match. Yeah, well, it was, and Luger had to climb out of the cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you worked with Brody, I'm sure. I worked him a couple times on, in Texas. He's the one that brought Boy Tony into Dallas. He he and Buck Robley was booking, and that was in 87. Yeah. And my, once again, I, now I done dropped this name. I done dropped this name before, Bobby Fulton, and I'm going to drop yeah. it again. I was yeah. here in Tennessee and uh, doing Boy Tony, and, and we all know part of the business is – you got to rotate talent, so sooner or later you're going to get your notice. And Randy Hales had to give Boy Tony his notice at Jonesboro, Arkansas that time. Boy Tony had to run his course, so I had a, a downtown Bruno, or what they call him, Harvey Wilson. Yeah, he helped yeah. me edit a bunch of Boy Tony's stuff together. We went and rented a, a, a VHS to hook up to our other one and made, you know, so we could edit. And, and I sent this tape to Bobby Fulton, and he gave it to Brody. And, and Buck Rowley was helping, and that was in 87. And they called me on a Tuesday and said, uh, when can you be here? And I, Friday night, I was out in Dallas. At, and Eric Emery, Eric Emery was doing that gimmick, flamboyant Eric Emery. And here come Boy Tony. And uh, we team, teamed up that night, and we worked Brody we, in a tag. We went over in a tag uh, tournament to get a, a shot at the Fantastic. So that's, that guy uh, helped me so much different times uh, over the years. And I talked to him just six months ago, Bobby Fulton. He's had a lot of health scares, but he's doing better. He, his cancer's gone and I'm so proud. I need to yeah. call him here, but, uh, but, uh, he did. And I always said, Bobby Fulton, man, yeah, if I ever I'll, win that, we'll get him on here with us. If you love to, you yeah, know. I, you need to get him on. Y'all need to get Bobby on some, but I told that man, if I ever win that lottery, Pally, I'm going to make sure I, I reward you for all them times you've helped me out. Yeah. Uh, as it means a lot. Well, you, now you talk about Puerto Rico and Brody. Obviously, put two and two together there. You there the night? Yes, I was on that show. Yeah. I, I was. It was in Bayamon, but and and that, that's why when people nowadays they think all those locker rooms connect, but they don't. And 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 then, and then them days, like Wolfie said, in them spot shows. We were in the hills was on one side of the building, the babies on the other, right? Wolfie, the baby face. Yeah. And, and you and Iran had no communication. On the, and that's yeah. how the big baseball stadiums over there in Puerto Rico was yeah. in Bayamon. And the hills was over there. The baby faces were over here. So, no, I was there that night. Did it happen? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. July the sure, 16th. I, you know, I'm yep. sure there's nothing you can even. <laughs> no, I mean, that, no. it's my, not much to night. say. Yeah, just a bad night for sure. Did that change your mind on Puerto Rico after that? Did that did that make you think well, differently? Well, I was and and Jose the Booker, Jose was the Booker. He had given me my notice once again, a month notice at the end of June. He said, "Amigo, I'm gonna have to finish." So on July the 30th, I done had tickets. We was leaving on August the first, so I yeah. was already leaving. So this happened. Right there in the middle of the month, they asked me, could I stay a little longer? And I said, no, I got, I got to go. But, but it, it was <laughs> just something. I've never hey, been back. Whoopi, did, did you live at the Whoopi's Dahlia? Whoopi's been over there. What was that? Did you live at the Dahlia? No, no. We, we lived out there by the airport. Roberto the Soto, that he was in, what was his name? Roberto Soto. He was uh, Invader 2. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he had a place in Bobby Jaggers. I was 
with Bobby Jaggers and, and, and Dan Crawford, they were doing a gimmick called the Kansas Jayhawks. And, uh, yeah. when we stayed yeah. out by the airport out there and just a few, uh, blocks away from uh, the I beach. Guess me and Jamie and Brian Lee, we got stuck at the place we'd always heard about the Dahlia. And I know you've heard about oh, that. Oh yeah. The and, yeah, yeah. I remember you thing and yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was, well, it used to be the Tata Mall down there and convert. Yeah. 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 The Verde and Condado. Yeah. And then I had my oh, ice yeah. hot incident. I heard that. Yeah. I mean, we've heard that over the years. <laughs> you and that icy hot gimmick thing. <laughs> but I was, I hadn't been back since then, but no, Carlos was a great guy to me. You know, uh, Jovica, yeah. Jose was a booker. Yeah. Jose was Jovica the booker. Is the one, Jovica is the one I speared at a, uh, WWE event one time because we went into the restroom and, uh, I just, you know, I was partying as we were in WWE and I was partying and, uh, walked in there was using the restroom and he had to make a comment because he was at the urinal next to me and I had locked it and, and I feared him and uh Road Dog had to pull me out of the bathroom. So yeah. Oh, Damn. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. See little little Victor, he was there. He was so cool, you know, he's in the office. He went on to what, own his own companies over in Japan and, and yeah. over there and yeah, but he was just working in the office. He was a stockholder, I believe, but so nice. Little, I was there, you know, and and for a while, our roommate was this. He's just doing his retirement match. The great Muda. Oh, Muto. Man. Yeah, he yeah. he was a super black ninja. He, we were we made many road trips and, and 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 lived together there for a while. He used to feel LT kicking around in Candy's stomach when she was pregnant. He'd put his hand <laughs> on uh-huh, and LT and X, oh Muto. Yeah, now he's. He's had a long career. These are people that I wish over the years I could have got to see and bumped into. Jimmy yeah. Suzuki always used to say, hey, Tony Falk, Muto say hello, or this or that. Yeah. But I never got to see him after all those years. Yeah. Jimmy Suzuki. I remember him. He's, he's pretty cool. Muta's a lady photographer. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, Jack obviously, is. you bring up Muta, and obviously, you know, that leads me to my personal favorite, well, anybody in the wrestling business that I modeled my little managing career after. And I say career as in like 10 years of acting like an idiot outside the ring. And Tony, I know you and I, I was your adversary at Saw. And that, to me, that was the epic part of my career is getting to work with you and being your little villain against you. And, and that was, to me, that was the best I could ever do in wrestling. But I modeled myself after one person, and that was Gary Hart. And I know you knew Gary well. I, I would love to hear something about Gary real quick. Man, I, I, I was out there in Texas, and Eric Emery just got in there to become the assistant book, booker when Brody left. He made Gary Hart the booker, and, and there's my friend and roommate becoming the assistant booker. And I got to uh, really get to know Gary. We made road trips together and, and learned from him how he, he would book, you know, and he would have his, his notebooks and he would, man, he was detailed and, and, and listen to him talk in the car. Like you talking about car talk, just, uh, and how much he had done, how much money he had drawn and uh, helped him Von Eric's 
He really tried to help Fritz and them for years, but he was just a, you know, he survived that, that plane crash with Bobby Shane and Austin Otto yeah. was in it. And, and, uh, and the way back then he, he could have, you know, died in that dang Bay, Temple Bay, but he didn't, he had a broke bag, but he kept going for years. He, he had a mind for the wrestling business and, 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 uh, Uncle Gary, that's what the Von Erics called him. That's what we were calling him. That's why years later here they call Uncle Tony, Uncle but Gary Hart, Playboy Gary Hart. And Jimmy, I remember out there in Saul, brother, you did a great job, and and we was just storytelling. We was trying to entertain the people. And, yeah. and, and and keep the people coming back and buying a ticket and you contributed and thank you for helping out like you know and i hope you enjoyed yourself and i loved and you it did a, I, yeah. <laughs> I but, loved but it gary but gary hart i'm telling you I, you know you can watch on youtube some of them he did a few of them right those podcasts uh right. not podcasts but shoot shoot, shoot, shoot interviews shoot, yeah with mark yeah. lawrence and uh, right and i just play that thing over just listening to him talk because he come up and that Texas wrestling was was rough and the spoiler he managed Don Jardine and that's where Taker gets that walking that rope from because Uncle Donald used to do it and I, he picked me and Cowboy Tony to work a program and we had a a match out there in Fort Worth on the Star Wars show they had every year in the big at the Will Rogers Coliseum I think a bullwhip on a pole some but. I like working him. You know, his, his career was winding down, but he was a big man. And you hear about, he was one to, you know, be pretty stiff in the ring. I guess he might've got a few of them shoots with people. Yeah. Uh, some le- legendary shoots. I think maybe him and Wahoo are different people, but, but he treated me so nice. I've got some tights that he'd give me, you know, but nobody would ever believe him. You know, that he wore that charging sure. top like Lawler do, but, right. but uncle Donald, but Gary Hart was, I wish I could. I'm trying to think of just something special to tell you, but the man was just. Uh, I mean, well, one thing you can say is he took that boy Tony gimmick off of you and put oh, you into yes. a different and better gimmick. And that that book of his, man, that you can't even get it. You know, it right. was sold out. Exactly. They never, I wish that Josephus had one. God rest his soul, and he let me borrow that book and I give it back to him. I had it for long because he asked. I said, "Yeah, brother, let me." But I did make some copies, and I can't even find it, of the page where he talked about me and the in his book, Gary and yeah. Tony, how he inherited a couple good hands when he took over the book. But he toned it. Yeah, he's you know he he said you don't have to be boy Tony. You can quit wearing that makeup. I was relieved, brother. I was, <laughs> I, was I was I said I don't have to do this no more. <laughs> You bring up Josephus. We're all three huge fans of Josephus Brody, Joe Hudson. We did a show back in July as a tribute to our man, Josephus. And we had his brother on to talk about him. Wolfie Deven did a reaction to some things that Joe said on the show. I just would love to talk a little bit about Joe. Well, man, I'm getting already my eyes already. He yeah. came to us. He was a fan. He come to our shows and bought tickets and, and, and brought that man. I can't think the name, but he would film and, and at the stadium in, he helped us promote the tell fans about this show down here at this hotel and Joe man. And, and then he wanted to get in the business and he talked to LT and I, and that's what we say. You know, he started with us. 
Dutch, I know, and I, I talked to Billy Cork. I talked to that the lady Cheryl Sherry, and I said I smartened her up. I said, "Look, it was the Fox when he came. He did yeah. his membership, yeah. and we at our ring right there at the USWO. But then Dutch had a, a thing at Mike Searcy's in up there NWA whatever, and 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 then he went there. You know, you get in the business, you can always learn more and more. So he went to Dutch and Dutch helped polish them up more after we taught him some basic fundamentals and, and he learned, but he come, he helped me so much. We watched him first. We hit Josephus, the Shelby street brawler, right. his mother and his brother and his family. But we just loved him so much. Uh, LT said, I mean, it's not a week that goes by still to the, and it's, it's going to be the two year anniversary next month, but we miss yeah. him and love him. Always, and then Wolfie D. I remember Wolfie helped him. Then I see that. Remember, remember the lamb chop video. Wolfie, oh, y'all yeah. filmed out there to say to me, man. I seen, I seen that while back, and I had tears rolling down my eyes just watching yeah. that because we love this man. He touched so many lives and. 43 years and gone. And I talked to Camille, right? Is that her name from the NWA? Yep. The lady said, yes. last night at the show, I said, remember me? I'm Uncle Tony because they made Joe make it. Jimmy, did you ever see the Uncle Tony's Waffle and Tire Iron commercial? Yes, I did. I love that commercial. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. I'm Tony Falk from Paducah, <laughs> Kentucky. I've been in the wrestling business for over 40 years. You may know me, I'm the one that taught Shawn Michaels how to speak Kizarn. So back in the day when I used to travel down the road in my old Delta 88 Oldsmobile, I became fond of two things, waffles and tire irons. So that's why I decided to open my own store, Tony Fox, Tony Fox waffles, waffles, waffles and tire irons. Tire irons. Tire irons. Tire irons. We paint all of our tire irons solid gold. And our waffles offer only the best of organic and gluten-free ingredients. So when you're in Paducah, stop by, tell them Uncle, Uncle Tony sent That's all Joe. We was in a studio. He had three more that never aired, but we took hours, and he led me through all that. Josephus <laughs> and Billy Corgan, they sold out them shirts. Uh, 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 Uncle Tony's wife, they, uh, Nick Altus wears it. And Mickey James' husband, he told me, Tony, this is my favorite shirt, and I got some pictures that I got <laughs> off of the what, internet, him wearing my shirt. He said, I seen him at that tri you know, that thing they had at the college, and him, him and uh, Crimson and Jack, Jack Dane, they all come up there, but Nick Altus, man, he says, Tony, I love but, uh, but we, I, I can to tell you but he is going to be missed yeah uh, my, my he was at tony fault day I, I might have told jimmy you know i grew up in the project i just i i just wanted to be a pro wrestler and then somehow the mayor in paducah and people talking that i had went and told people about paducah and they seen they gave me this award called the duke of paducah it's the highest yeah. civilian award <laughs> and joe came he said he was josephus wasn't missing that for nothing to COVID. the COVID <laughs> about shut us down we was going to be indoors we're going to be in that boys and girls club they're going to have then they said you can't have nothing indoors then they said outdoors and then they said so we went across at the park they had a pavilion an open air pavilion and we still did it and they gave me this and Joe came all the way from Nashville, Scott Chill and his wife, Quint Charisma, Je Je Jeremiah Plunkett, a lot, uh, Madman Pondo come all the way from, to be there for me. But Joe, man, he spoke and I never, I never would have, you know, he was just, he touched a lot of lives and he'll greatly be missed forever. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Thank that's you. what all that's, day from him.
and, and I and I have to say this though, like dude was a missionary, dude was a musician, he was a wrestler, yeah. he was a dude, he was all kinds of stuff, man. He lived a, a pretty full life for the for the years that uh, he was here with us, you know. Absolutely. Oh, he lived a life. He lived and man, he taught and he made friends and and he was yeah, he he's he's a special person. Very special. The, the world the the world is uh was a great a, a better place with him in it, you know. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. 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 Yeah. Well, saying something about, you know, Josephus uh just brought back another name. We got a lot of brothers that man, I mean, you've seen a lot of come and go. You you've seen more than I have, but Lord, I've seen a lot. Billy John, we both love oh. Billy Joe, didn't we? And talking about tech, yes, we love Billy. Billy Joe Travis, Billy Don, Billy, <laughs> Billy Gary Myers. He was he he was. Uh, I stumbled across that when I'm bored. I and I was just watched when he hit my friend Percy Pringle, Paul Bear, the late Paul, over the head <laughs> yeah. with the guitar, just to, uh, one of them angles. And he said, here, take this to Eric Emery. And, he, and Billy was standing on top of the apron. Percy was on the, fl- on, on the ring. Percy was on the floor there beside the ring and, yeah. and, and, and Mark Lawrence. So Billy's up on that high sporter torn ring. So he b- blasts him with the guitar coming down. <laughs> I've never seen a shot. And man, he laid Percy out. But Billy, <laughs> man, that's another one that left us way too soon. Man. Oh, yeah. I think and he was 41 years old. What a good dude, man. I, I swear people tell me to this day, <laughs> you're the only person that Billy ever paid back. <laughs> well, you must be. Yeah, I could tell you some funny. Listen to this. Out there at the Sportatorium on the TV taping on Saturday mornings, you know, we do the show Friday night, and they got to where they would let people in on Saturday morning just to feel that huge. Well, there was a lady who was a secretary for Chris Adams and his promotion, and he was using that one off. And somehow Billy had got her to lend him some money or something. Uh, this woman went out. This woman went out and and had these copies. She probably had maybe 300 of those Billy, she wants her money back. <laughs> and, they, and, and they passed them out. They passed them out. So when he come walking down that aisle at the sports store, those people held them things up. And there was at least two or three hundred of them. They were on lime green copy paper. Billy, That's she wants hilarious. her money back. That is hilarious. <laughs> but what a great they, soul Billy was, man. I'm sorry, but he was really great soul. Uh, I, I, great worker, man. What a great worker. I went to his funny. He was a came out of his mouth was funny. <laughs> very, very entertaining, man. He was he was he, he was a Kentucky guy up there and I went to his funeral over there and, you know when he passed. I, yeah. I had an old car, but Donnie Goodman, our friend Donnie, he Donnie he, he Goodman. Johnny. He followed me back. Yeah, he followed me back so I could make it back to Nashville because I said, I hope this old hoopty will make it, but I've got to go pay my respect to Billy Joe. And I went and and I made it and I made it back safe. But but you yeah, remember man. that uh, old Donnie, old Donnie turned the, the a word that we just made in the rest of business with our carding stuff. But they turned me smizzle. You remember that? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> Donnie got confused because we'd always say smizz for smoke. And then for some reason, uh-huh. we, that was the way to do it. And he said, yeah, they turned me smizzle. Smizzle. <laughs> And so we all he contributes. <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't know that, but he did oh, get a hold of oh, he classic. got a hold of 
he got a hold of LT and them before Christmas. Oh, no, really? I, I That's awesome. Yeah, Donnie did. He pops up out of the blue, but he got a hold yeah. of them or something, but they never heard back. But he I was at that uh, uh, Rick. Uh, the Ric Flair gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ric Flair. Yeah. So we're talking funny stuff here, and I don't want to lead off in a different path, but I got to hear some good ribs from you, Tony. Have you heard, uh, Tell me a good rib you saw or, or was a part of or had done to you or something funny like oh, that. Oh, Oh, it was just where they would uh, hide shoes, like yeah. like Ridgey B. Fine. And when the Sandman came in here, he he had didn't know about ribs, and they smartened him up. And he thought he was playing, <laughs> learning oh, how to. Oh, he was he was snowman. like a yeah man. And snowman or Sandman? Huh? Snowman or Sandman? You said Sandman. Sandman. Jim Fullerton, okay. right. the Sandman. He came okay. down from Philadelphia, but listen, the first gimmick, okay. he had to carry this big diving board, or, I mean, the surfboard, surfboard. around. Surfboard. Yeah. Okay. And the wetsuit, that was his first gimmick. He'd come out, the Sandman, you know, like I guess one of them beach bums. He carried that <laughs> damn thing to the ring, and, and, and Eric Emery took a pocket knife one time and cut, because he ripped me so much, he cut my initial, my name on that board one time. Oh, what the damn Eric did because he because I wasn't rib back, but he had he had, somebody smartened him up. Boy, he was just doing little stupid ribs. But one thing they would do is like we'd be in Louisville and 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 leave that dressing room and go to the ring and come back. Then all of a sudden, go get showered and get dressed. Yeah, I only got one tennis shoe there. Yeah. And, yeah. and you damn remember this Whoopie D and your shoe, yeah. you, you looking, you cussing. So then you had to wear, I had to wear my wrestling boots home <laughs> back to Nashville because they done stuff one of your tennis shoes. Oh, <laughs> so then, so then, so that's like a Tuesday. So then a win, uh, a, a Saturday, maybe in Nashville, then you go to the, you come back all of a sudden your tennis shoes popped up back, you know, that of one course. that was missing. <laughs> yeah. 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 They done had it. Just many ribs, but if somebody could ever write uh, a compile a book, put it in the form of all the ribs, it's there's been man no. hundreds of. But oh, that yeah. Sandman, I wasn't there this last night, but they got him in 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 uh, Evansville when he was finishing up. He had to go back to Pittsburgh because his wife wanted him to come, so he cut his little stay short down here. He was only here probably about seven or eight weeks. At, but the first, and then he, but that night he, they went, they took, uh, uh, I guess Frank Morrell and Jeff Gaylord and them, they was tying his Zuba pants up in knots, you know, pulling on the, <laughs> Eric Emery supposedly went out and spray painted his headlights on the van, uh, with his black paint, uh, uh, they, I think another one did the old, you know, crap in the bag. Yeah. Oh, I man. think that was oh. a stiff rip there. Yeah, that's a very stiff rib because your wife they, finds that gimmick, you know. Yeah, two pays, two pays. You know, they've been so many. Oh, but no, yeah. I, I, I never did like getting in. I never ribbed, and I really didn't like to get ribbed, but I got ribbed a few times. Yeah. You don't want the repercussions. Yeah. But I did pay. I paid I paid one back one time. It could have cost us a big deal at Channel 5. <laughs> See, Brian Christopher had chased me. Wolfie might have been there when I used that Ethernet lighter and 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 got Brian BC man. He jumped two foot up. But what happened is he had a big wad or something, and I thought he was that flash paper or something. He was gonna burn me, chasing me around over in Missouri. 
no, yeah, West Memphis at the Art one. And I said, Brian, get out of here. And he was like, I thought he was going to throw that. And I was running. People thought it was so funny. And <laughs> a couple a couple months later, a couple months later at Channel 5 right there in that and it was a can of ether starting for you know for the car yeah, they must yeah. use it i've seen it they used it for the, i guess on the old rag where they come up by i think maybe sean stasiak or somebody was doing something they were working at angle was i can't remember exactly but i know i said you got a lighter at and brad had come out of taking a shower and he was sitting there with his towel around him and i backed up and i took and flicked that big and hit that button and that it was like a blowtorch it, oh, he jumped, and then i got in tr- i got in trouble from our friend randy hill because he said tony tony that could have set the sprinkler system that could have that could have been we could have lost it you know it, it could have been bad but uh, yeah but uh well, you know, that, and honestly i've seen it where people didn't know what they were doing with the ether about knock out the whole front row too you know it's it's uh oh uh, yeah yeah. Not always something you want to play with. Now, I want to ask this question because I know you're going to be – see, the thing about you, Tony, is I know you're truthful. That's the cool part about you. But also, I appreciate that. You, but also, you are a good brother. You know what I mean? You're not going to, like, rag on somebody. So I don't expect you to throw anybody under the bus on this. But as far as it goes, who was the best paying promoter and who was the worst paying promoter? Well, Joe Blanchard, I could say – uh, in in San Antonio and that whole territory, he and I, I, I tell all the years uh, since I've been down there, I would tell everybody what a sweetheart of a man Joe Blanchard was, a promoter and a payoff man. He was definitely the best. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> the worst, <laughs> and, and I'm trying to think, uh, it might be here in Tennessee. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, I was going to have to ask Wolfie, but uh, this is my answer. So I, <laughs> I like uh, that. That's a good answer. Yeah. But I, I'm sure you heard it more than once. But, sure. Sure. But yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. But they did what they could do to stay in business. I understand that too from that end. But, and they but stayed I was just blessed. longer than anybody as far exactly. as the territory go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, because Vince put everybody out of business, just about everybody in Tennessee. USWA was one of the last ones, right? Right. Yeah. And that deal, Whoopi was there. I think he was there when, was you there when the the people from Ohio bought the company? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, thought, uh, I think I got let go right when it was happening. Larry Burton and RH Larry, had, had to get me again. I had to get... I got a notice, yeah. So I, oh, yeah. I didn't get to. Were you get Were to. you there that night? Uh, I know it was me, Dutch, uh, Glenn Jacobs, Jamie. There was quite a few more, and I can't remember every where Larry Burton took us all to that Morton Steakhouse after hours in Nashville. Do you remember that? Were you there? No, no, yeah. I sure was. This was like close to closing time. I don't know, but he was just trying to flex his muscles and he kept them open after closing time and took us all there. And I mean, each oh, yeah. place a hundred bucks or something. And this dude just kept them open, and, you know, bought us all dinner. A big and shot. He's trying to make yourself yeah. out a big yeah. shot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, another question. And I know, you know, here's the other thing. You're, I'm a big fan of your son, LT. LT was super cool to me. He would book me on USWO. You would book me on that show, mm-hmm. especially when you had moved it to Millersville. Yeah, but yeah. you and LT are so different than a lot of wrestling dads and their sons. Okay. Right. Wolfie and I have talked about this before, that it's almost odd 
how some of the dads act with their sons. And I'm not naming any names, but what what do you, have you ever noticed that that you're like I can't believe you're almost kind of cold with your son when you and LT I mean you I, it's it's as evident that you love your son as much as you breathe air you know what I mean Oh yes Do you ever notice I, that that some some wrestling dads are a little weird with their wrestling sons Yeah I've I've seen different cases over over the years and 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 I just didn't get to do a lot of the in-ring with him, you know, uh, John C- Caesar and Kid Cash and just a lot of different people, Iran and, and other people. But I didn't, I, I just wasn't in the shape or gotten lazy and didn't get up in the ring and work with him a lot. Reno might've helped him some Reno Regan's new, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know f- what you can contribute that to, you know, <laughs> is it just know. competition maybe is it maybe do you think, maybe do you think it's if like they, a, this guy's getting the rub off of my name and they're gonna take my spot is it that thing i mean i'm just kind of it's just always kind of puzzled me how i think of my 16 year old back in the back in the older days like i don't think tony honestly i'm not speaking for tony love you i think it is a deal where Tony just didn't feel threatened by his son as to right, where right. maybe, maybe, uh, the other ones you're talking about. And we all know sure. that. <laughs> I, I think I know where you're going. See, we was actually uh, uh, wrestling, working at the same time. But, but are you talking like a, maybe a Jamie and a Bill or a Brian and a Lawler? Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe that's exactly. what I'm talking about. I'm yeah, maybe sure. that's what we're talking about. I don't about. know. I think it is. Uh, we all know that. We all know that. But that I didn't know where y'all was that, going. The knife fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't I know. know. I, let's, let's just put that out there. You know that, that you know, to, to be honest, for different reasons. Yeah. I don't know what what they would be, you know. Sure, uh, sure, sure. But it, it's, it's, you know, you're trying to get over, you know. Everyone wants to get over. And it's hard for some Hey, here's something I want to bring up because the one thing we haven't mentioned, and I, I want to bring this back to Jimmy real quick, is that on our top 10 finishers, and we didn't even give it honorable mention, but everybody knows, huh? Want me to, huh? Huh? Want me the hubba the the hubba the Yeah, yeah. And I think that should be in the top 10 finishers. And Tony, I, I, I want you to tell everybody where that came from. What the fuck does that mean, even? I mean, <laughs> Huh? Do you it's want just, me to stick my thumb in this throat or? Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. You know, when, uh, <laughs> when uh, Ernie Ladd used to use the big taped up thumb and give him the big thumb in the throat. And right. or when I was you a heel, you know, tape, every little, I don't tape. know who did I see. I didn't use no tape though, but the crazy Luke <laughs> did, but I just give him the thumb jab. I, I guess that's the proper way you grab them in a head and you give them the thumb jab to the throat and they sell it. Right. Yeah. As a heel, you as a heel, you you get heat because you're not supposed to do it. It's an illegal move. You just daring right. to eat some. But but when I had turned babyface for a while in Memphis, believe it or not, they had that Lauren Davenport, and she had the man of the nineties. Then she brought me. <laughs> no, she brought and, and and that's on some. If you ever get a chance, I think it's on the YouTube. But then I then they actually turned me babyface. I couldn't believe that they was all cheering. The, <laughs> but I would do that and grab them and ask the people. Yeah, you know, like what about it? You know, ha ha ha, ha but a ha, Jamie, Jamie would add all that up. Ha ha ha, ha but a ha, 
and then it just so so it's funny how something just develops and how you want me to give them the hobba da ha the sabba da ha you know and it's, but and as I was a baby face when a when a heel turns baby face right he just he does the same stuff right you know you don't stop I'm just You're pretty doing, sure though I'm just as I'm laughing my ass off right now I'm just pretty sure I have taken that more than once the ha hum and the ha. And the hum- yeah, fuck sold it like a motherfucker, like I had been hit with a goddamn sledgehammer. <laughs> you have some, and that's what makes it. Only the people who sell it good, exactly. Brian's, I'm trying to think, but that's all part of them, you know, getting back. Raven, he does one. If you would call, call him up now and say, "Give me a Tony Falk. How about a ha? I'm Tony Falk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. And, yes, yes. Yeah, that's like I said, when we started this thing off, man. When we started this thing off, I said there's two people uh, that are the most impersonated: Tommy Rich and his voice, and a lot of people can do that, and then the Tony Falk voice. But there's not too many people that can do the Tony Falk voice that know the words <laughs> to say. With Tommy exactly. Rich, you right. can say anything. You well, see, yeah. you know that kind of thing. You yeah. Know? Hey, I'm yeah. it's Tommy Rich. I'm going across the street over here and look at this truck and this beautiful girl. That sounds like Tommy Rich, but <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds like Tommy Rich. You could different. You, so you could read off the, the from Batuka, Kentucky, and I gotta have the hum and the hum. You only two, <laughs> yeah. I gotta have all that. And then your son, my God, is a spitting image. Uh, getting finishes from him, talking yeah. on the spot. Oh, I yeah. feel like I'm looking at you and. Yeah, man. But seriously, this has been freaking incredible, Tony. I'm so glad you have come on this show. This is great, man. And uh, well, listen, I, we can do two parter, Jenny. Right? Yeah. Well, you two. I want to tell you now. You well, you know, I haven't done any of these. I've been asked for several. I did the one for Randy Hales, but it was pre-recorded for Wolfie D. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. not Wolfie D, Brian, Brian, when he passed and one for Tracy yeah. when he passed. So yeah, only yeah. those, those tribute shows. So as far as, uh, uh, this is a first, but both of you have been so good and made me feel relaxed. Uh, I tell you who knows what I might start doing more. <laughs> well, I, hey. def- I can definitely, y'all will be the first, but because you made me feel so good here today. And, and and we'd definitely do a two-parter if that's what it's going to be. Um, but, Hell yeah, man. Uh, There's so much more we can talk about, Tony. I mean, yeah, we just had such a history. And, and you just in general, like I said, from the start, man, even though you think you don't, you've done it a hundred times of telling me a date or this happened on this date. Oh, yeah, I, I remember. Mean, yeah, yeah, I could. I could yeah, yeah, I could do that, but I it's kind of got. guarantee you this show is going to be listened to. Like in our top, what do you think, Jimmy? Oh, easily top five. I mean, you know, Jamie's going to be hard to beat, but yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to take this opportunity right now too for any, any fans out there that's listening to this and you have been a wrestling fan over the years. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting professional wrestling. I've loved it my whole life. I still love it. I don't look at today's product much, but I go to these shows like I went with my son LT to these locals 
and, and I, I see the fans. That's why I go because some of the old fans, like last night, they were some fans up there that had been going to wrestling for 20 years around these in middle Tennessee. I, a couple yeah. of them come up to say hi to me. I know I've seen them for the last 20 years, but I right. and I look forward to seeing them. But it makes me feel good when they come up and say hello or take like like one guy last night. He he said Tony. You had your first match. He had his first match pointing to Jeff Jarrett against you. So there we are in the same building, and that was 30-something years ago in 1986 when he had his first match. But yeah. So I want to thank all the listeners out there that's been a fan of professional wrestling here, and uh, and thank you for loving what we, what, what we did and supporting us. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't yeah. endorse that. Thank you, Tony. Thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, you've been my number one guest. And I even bugged LT and he kayfabe me a few times on the Facebook Messenger. <laughs> we'll put that out there. Don't, don't, but, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, but Wolfie hey, cornered I, me. Wolfie got me up in that Portland show. Yeah, he, <laughs> I, I was bugging him about spot. it though. I was bugging. All him right. About well, it. well, now, now we can say in 2023, it's happened. It's, yes. It's, 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 it's a done Hallelujah. Deal. Hallelujah. Yes, thank, thank you so you. much. Take us out. Wish y'all the Tony, I love you, man. And thank you for coming on. Seriously, the memories, man, I uh, cannot uh, replace or thank you enough. Uh, the things you taught me, uh, we didn't talk a lot about that, but hell, man, you've worked a bazillion times and always with yeah. a learning experience, man. And I appreciate Everything you've ever done for me, uh, including driving me when uh, some people might have thrown me out of the car. Okay. So, at any rate, Tony, man, I, I'm going to have you back. If if you'll if you'll be back, I'll have you back. And I think the people okay. you're going to see, we're going to we're going to let you know what the numbers are. It's going to uh, blow okay. up. But I can guarantee you, it's going to it's going to blow up, man, because you came on here and. Got straight and we had fun, man. And uh, absolutely, man. That, uh, that's all, that's what it's all about. about. Nobody to knock nobody. I'm not no. trying to, you know. The, that's not what me and Jimmy do. We just want to talk and have fun, man. But uh, well, I feel like it up, keep a, up the good work. I feel Thank like uh, we just we just got in the car and uh, drove to Paducah, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, I'm Tony Falk, and I love you to death. You know, I, you and LT. I love you, your kid, LT Falk. He's a great Thank wrestler. You. And you yeah. use a great wrestler, Tony Falk, and I love you so much. <laughs> Thank you, my brother. Right, I, and it was real nice, and I'm glad I got to do it now. And and when you're ready to do the next one, just hit me up, brother. We'll Absolutely. get it. Absolutely. All right. Love Tony Falk Th- and the people love you. Th- and thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And, Jimmy, what are we coming back with? Current affairs, or what are you going to ask me? Questions later, or what? No, you're going to be happy. It's Ask Wolfie D Anything. Ask Wolfie D Anything. All right, we'll be back, guys. This has been awesome. Thanks. DJ, hit the music. We are back with Ask Wolfie Anything. And y'all, when I put this out, y'all really gave us something here. Now, we used to make these full shows, but in the essence of giving Wolfie D a break on current affairs... 
Ask Wolfie D anything has been put in its place, you know, randomly. So, you know, that being said, that we may have Ask Wolfie D for the next 25 shows because y'all really responded. So what I'm going to do is we're going to get through these here best way we can, and we're going to break them down show by show here. But so the first one, I think this is a great question, actually, and, and I'm, I would love to know this answer. And, and you know, the funny thing is, is our next guest <laughs> may, may be able to help you with this. But without with staying in kayfabe here, Richard Westbrook from Facebook asked, Asks, are you working on any new music, Wolfie D? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I know who that is. I've, I've talked to him a few times. He actually um, does some rapping up around Louisville. I think it's where he's from. Okay. And uh, I think uh, King Cold, I think people can look him up, actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I did a logo for him once, and it was another thing. That was good. I mean, I don't know him personally, personally, but we've spoken. You know what I mean? So anyway, yeah, the answer to that's no. I, I had too much other stuff happening. <laughs> right. You got a podcast. You got other things you're dealing with in real life. You know, day. Yeah. <laughs> doctor visits. Maybe they can put a booth at the doctor, you know, and be like. There you go. Put some, put some, yo, I've got a stint in my heart. I don't, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah. in my heart. Yeah, yeah. My achy, breaky heart. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Let's put a pin in that one. I'm not giving up on that. I'm a musician, as everyone knows. If Richard Westbrook works in the music industry, which is awesome, we'll get with him, and we'll maybe get with our next guest on the next show, Ryan Von Rocket, by the way. Let's go ahead and announce we're getting Ryan Von Rocket on the next episode. Yeah. And maybe, maybe we'll do a collab. I'm a bass player. I know, you know, we'll make well, it happen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so right now it's a no, but we're going to put a pin in that because, you know, <laughs> Cap for your Dome 2 may come out any day now. So, okay. Well, it wouldn't be a Ask Wolfie D anything if we didn't have a question from the main man himself. Guess who it is? Bob Daniels. You damn skippy. And you know what? Bob has always got a good one. And this one actually, it might touch your heart a little bit too. I know this episode's kind of been, you know, a, an emotional one, especially from things that Tony said, the Jay Briscoe intro, everything kind of been a little emotional. So Bob says this, Brian Christopher's birthday recently. What is your most memorable match with him and why? Match. Yeah. Ugh. Um... We had a uh, me and Brian always worked good to against each other. I, I assume that's where we're going against each other. Well, I mean, you tag with him, right? Too yeah, so good matches I mean, there too. But no, I always look, I like to work against Brian. Um, but I think around the Power Pro stuff, me and him had a little loser leave town and stuff there at the fairgrounds, and those are pretty good matches and uh, pretty good little angles we had right there uh yeah. even though the stage i mean they drew you know what i mean but not like it wasn't like televised shit you know uh, right right uh, but anyway yeah i'd say that probably those matches right there and i can't I'd probably not if i had to say a specific one uh, you know the last or he beats me literally town in the at the crossfire you talking yeah. about? Yeah, that was a great match. Actually, a very good match. So what's funny is Bob also asked me a question, if you're okay with doing an Ask Jimmy Anything. <laughs> <laughs> Please, yes. Ask Jimmy Anything. <laughs> well, his wasn't very far off the topic, but he says, what is your favorite Wolfie D match? And so this is a good question, Bob, because it really made me think, because actually I do have quite a few, actually, that I, I want to say. Now, this is funny because you actually, I would say this one is my favorite, is the rock and roll 
and and the Texas death. And I think y'all really showed that you belong in that next level in that match, you know, with that team. Yeah, man, definitely. My second favorite is is actually a squash match, but it showed y'all on a level that y'all were so good that you could do a squash match, if that makes it. You, 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 like, maybe some people were like, why aren't they getting squashed versus let's do – is the Al Brown, Sonny Rogers on the WWE Raw? I think y'all were so quick and concise – and, mm-hmm. and, you know, they were perfect because I know you said you had worked with some guys that you had to shoot with in Memphis, yeah. <laughs> some carpenters and or not carpenters in Memphis. But either way, these guys, Al Brown, Sonny Rogers, seasoned vets as far as being, you know, underneath guys. And y'all really showed your they let you show out. And it also allowed you to really show what you guys could do on a main on a big level and and to me i I, those are my two favorite i mean i do love the last match you did with brian christopher on crossfire we watched that match i thought that was a really good loser leaves town match you know that was great as far as a wolfie d match goes or whatever but you know as far as it goes there i think that the my main favorite if i had a gun to my head it would be the rock and roll texas death for sure so yeah yeah that that was a good one yeah, and I know that's kind of like everybody's favorite, but it is. It's just, there's a reason, you know. So, hey Bob, what yeah. is your favorite Wolfie D match? That's a good. <laughs> hey Bob, hey, put that in the message. Yeah, absolutely. Bob, <laughs> let us know, bro. We got to hear that one. All right. So the last one of the day is this was kind of interesting. I don't know how you're going to answer this one. This was from Captain K Five, and it's his favorite JCI story that might have been. <laughs> boring at the time but can laugh about it now is is there something that was just like that was boring at the time yeah <laughs> nothing's boring when you're around him it may be annoying <laughs> but boring is probably not the word to use of any situation that involves him okay uh, so annoying it wasn't that big of a deal or something maybe it just sure you know, sure oh man I guess this would be that it was boring at the time, but at the same time, it was just how we lived everyday life. And I think I've told part of this, but if you really think about it, we were just driving down the road hundreds of miles. And, you know, if it rained, I had to scoot over in that big thumb <laughs> next to him like a little couple. Yeah, bench seat, you know, just going down the road. And then people when they think when they pass us in that car. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. They see us with our crazy haircuts sitting all up on each other. That's so I didn't get soaking wet from the rain leaking through the roof of the Thunderbird. So that's when you think about it, that's kind of funny. And then we did get pulled over in that situation in Jackson. I and wouldn't I mean, drive that thing to uh, Humboldt or what yeah. is it? Wouldn't drive from Jackson. I, I wouldn't drive from Jackson to Humboldt for forty fucking dollars, boys. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, did you ever? Let's talk about that car for just a second. Did you ever say to Jamie, "We got to get rid of this man. This thing is just too much problems"? Or you just knew that that was? Yeah. I didn't have no car. That was right. Right. And, uh, at that at that time, you know, that was right when we first started. I didn't have a. A vehicle or anything so we were just yeah. going to the town he borrowed it from his mom's boyfriend at the time okay uh, so it wasn't really 
his even it was it was that so he was trucking around in his mom's boyfriend's beat down thunderbird and, and, and as he says at that time he's like let me get that thing from you <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's funny well you know i can see because i remember my buddy had a car that he actually would take the key out of the ignition it was a stick and he had to take the key out of the ignition stick it back in he would drift the car for a while and then start it back because right. it would die and yeah. But the momentum on the in neutral would keep it going, and I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna die in this car one day. And yeah, so I can imagine. I mean, everybody's been in a shitbox car before, but at the same time, it's like this is our only vehicle. We've got to take care of it, you know. Yeah. So. And the only thing, man, really, it, it broke down what once I think honestly, it just blew up at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it was tires. We just what we were putting retreads on it. Right. Trying right. to do miles on retreads, we were having blowouts all the time. So, so like, yeah. if we could have, you know, saved up the money and bought it some new tires, but that never right, right. that that, <laughs> one, that never came to mind. That's hilarious. Oh my god. Well, I yeah. Yeah, why would you think to do that? How much would have I mean, yeah, that's still a lot of money, even back then, man. That would have been a lot of money for sure. Tires yeah, and something like that, but probably not. It probably wouldn't have been that bad, would it? Two hundred bucks, maybe back then. Right, right. But yeah. you didn't think of that, I guess, right? Well, on Pot Week, we could have. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? <laughs> anyway, well, that's pretty much it for Ask Wolfie D Anything and the Tony Falk episode. You know, I just want to say this one more time, and I said it earlier. Thank you for getting him on the show, dude. Really, I, well, I, I you know. Too. I just happened to run into him a couple of times. and Put the I, heat on him a little, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is I had his home phone number forever and I was texting the crap out of that thing. <laughs> and that thing was dead as Kelsey's nuts, man. That thing, nobody was answering that. It, I, he said he had it disconnected. And I finally, I got to give Wayne Hackney Jr. some credit here. He gave me his cell phone number. I don't know why I didn't just ask you, but long story short, Wayne Hackney, he sent it to me and I got, I got Tony's number. I yeah. think I have the wrong number. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, we got Tony on the show. We're going to have him back because we just scratched the surface with him. He's he Tony, as y'all can hear, Tony is a show into himself. Honestly, we Man, need a. Uh, I, I'm not sure. We might have to get LT to help him, but have him do a watch along with us would probably be, be gold. That would be incredible. That would be incredible. Yeah, that'll happen. And you know what's funny is I've been talking to Brian Turner, Brian Hardison from Brian Turner's VHS Network. We're going to start doing some collabs, man. So coming up soon, you'll be hearing some some watch-alongs in, involving his channel with Wolfie D. So we've got some stuff planned in the pipeline. Definitely keep an eye out. But we're going to be doing some cool stuff because he's got access to so much cool stuff that really nobody's seen because they've seen you in WWE, USWA. They've seen you in and all these others but really the deep cuts of, of you and the music city and and all that stuff it's mm -hmm. gonna be fun man we i've got some things planned i hadn't even told you about it but it just brought that to mind so that's coming cool. up soon but anyway on down the line but thank you all for listening go ahead and take us out brother wolfie d all right we appreciate it and it's been fun and uh we're gonna go and do something else for the rest of the day <laughs> Yay. Oh, yeah yeah hey, guys. Uh, thanks for listening
And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, booty calling Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, They can find me on Facebook. Uh, My personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate, first of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah. And remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause you're spitting the truth. Still loving in color. Don't rush your mother, utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Title suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Laid low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. 
Makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking. There is no one great. Cause we're bringing more folks and over one poor data. Not here to play games, so you better be right. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. Like the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you want to get dropped. When my finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up, then I'm driving it home. It's what we do, baby. I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.